welcome to the Bold Dreamer podcast. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so glad that you're here. I say this every week, but this week is such a good episode. It is with Sarah Parker Mounts, and she is the face and founder behind Covenant Services, which started as a really small errand running company that she decided to launch during COVID. And in three years, it has absolutely and completely snowballed into a full-blown construction company is kind of where she's landed. And and it's pretty cool to hear somebody talk about landing in an industry that they knew nothing about. Because I am a firm believer that even if you have a dream or a vision to do something that you know nothing about, you can 100% learn on the way. And she is the prime example of that. And it's so fun to listen to her talk about what she intended to start and and where it's ended up and how she's had to like learn to navigate a whole new situation with that. Um, But this episode is also really special because yes, we touch on business, but we also get really personal, which I think is just as important as hearing about people dream in the business world even dream about things in their real life and everyday life and navigating the hard stuff. It's really easy to forget that behind these businesses and brands, there's a human and a face and a life that's being navigated. And we talk about being in your 30s and being single and navigating through that when everybody else around you is married for years and sometimes, you know, in the middle of divorcing or having baby number one, two, and three, and and you kind of feel like you're getting left behind, but you're not. And we really dive deep into the self-worth and the work that it takes to be able to live in a space of being pretty unbothered by the things going on around you and how you can still cultivate a really beautiful life. We talk about fertility a little bit. Um, We've both shared our own fertility stories and, you know, the stories aren't over. I have a good friend that used to work with me, shout out to Jenna, and she always used to say when, if I would get upset about something or I felt like I was hitting a roadblock, like the story's not done being written yet. The story's not over. And I think that's a really, really profound and beautiful takeaway from today's episode that even when it feels like you are hitting a brick wall and things are not going necessarily your way, one, there's a chance they are actually going your way very much so, even if it doesn't feel like it. And two, the story is not written yet. It is still being written. And it takes a really special person to be able to recognize that and work through that and honestly make the best of it. So I hope you find power in this episode, whether in your business life or your personal life, that you dream with no bounds. So grab your favorite cup of coffee, sit at the table with us, and get inspired. Let's get into it. I'm here with Sarah Parker, and I'm so excited that we've connected literally after so many years. Um, I start every episode. Are you a coffee girl? I am. I don't have any right now, but I am. I know. I realized I was literally left my cup out to 
bring some up here with me while I recorded. And I was thinking like after we got on, I was like, I forgot my coffee. Um, what's your favorite way to take your coffee? I'm pretty, I'm pretty boring. It's, you know, just a coffee and a splash of oat milk or sometimes half and half. And that I'm, I'm very happy with that. If I go to Starbucks, I get an Americano with a splash of half and half or oat milk and I'm, and I'm good to go. Simple, very simple and straightforward. <laughs> like gets the job done. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need all the fluff. No, I don't. <laughs> I think that's great. Um, okay. So I feel like we are going to have so much to cover, <laughs> but I want to start with, in your own words, how would you describe your business, how you got there? I love to say, like, what are kind of the cliff notes of everything that led up to where you're going and the work that you're doing now? Um, great question. So I um, grew up in Columbia. I'm in, I'm in South Carolina, so I have an accent. <laughs> so if you're like, who's this redneck? It's me. <laughs> no, it's adorable. <laughs> it's um, me. <laughs> born and raised in Columbia, South Carolina, and um, went to Clemson where Christina, I went to Clemson with Christina's brother, and that's how we know each other, and graduated Clemson. And I have always, I struggled through my 20s to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I came from a very entrepreneurial family. My dad has started multiple successful businesses. And so I've watched him work very hard for our family over, you know, 35 years. And so one job after another, after another, you know, like two year stints in a job. And then a year, you know, I just really couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I have a very strong personality and I've always really known who I am uh, give or take a few years, but, um, you know, when you're secure in who you are and other people aren't, it's really hard to work with people. And so, um, you know, and I was micromanaged a lot and micromanaging is, says more about the person doing the micromanaging than the employee. So just learned a lot through multiple jobs. And so I, at the time that I started, I started Covenant Services in 2020 in June of 2020, I launched it during COVID. I was living at home, 32 years old, and had the opportunity, you know, low overhead. And I had done a lot of these things on the side um, as, you know, I was in my 20s and early 30s. And so I launched it thinking, okay, I'm going to build this business of a full service concierge and contracting. That's my tagline. And it started as grocery shopping, um, some nannying. Um, what else did I do? <laughs> I'm forgetting because it's so different now. Uh, yeah. What else did I do? Uh, I don't know. I did a lot of things. Anything like my tagline was I can handle it. Like if you needed anything done, I would do it. And so, you know, people house sitting, dog sitting, whatever, I did it. And so I fell into that and then. It's, it has morphed so much. So now I'm essentially a contractor, but I don't have my general contracting license. <laughs> um, Are you serious? Yeah. So I, so now at three years later, um, it is, I have a crew of men who do excellent work and we, by word of mouth in three years, I have been able to sustain a lifestyle that is 
you know, hey, I'm not a millionaire, but it's it's good good for me and my German Shepherd. You know, like we don't I don't make a ton of money, but I can I can do what I want to do for the most part with the business. So yeah, we paint, um, we do framing, we do sheetrock, plumbers. Um, oh my god! I know. And if you ask me this, I say this all the time. I would have never dreamed I would have been in construction. And last year I worked for a commercial contracting company here in Columbia. And I learned so much. And like, you know, women in construction is, I've always felt like I've run through, like I run through brick walls so other people can walk behind me. And it's just, I learned so much and it was super humbling. And um, so yeah, I am the really, that was a very long version, but I basically no. do, Can I can, your household needs come to me. <laughs> AKA, if you need a house built, I'll build it yes, for you. Yes, essentially. <laughs> so yeah. That, I didn't, I knew that you had like gotten into, I want to say I saw maybe you did like some restorations yes. and stuff yes. on, um, so you've basically gone from a dog, a dog walker start- to a, con- a construction worker. <laughs> That is crazy, but also like so cool and such it's it's like such a short amount of time yeah. for you have starting from like point A to getting to like point X, <laughs> you know, all the way. Um, so like when you started, was it just kind of were you laid off from COVID or I what was, were you doing? I was working before at a um I wasn't laid off, but I could see the writing on the wall. And so yeah. I, uh, I was just working a job at it. I was doing social media and something for a wellness company and I just mm. hated every minute of it. And, um, yeah. so I sat my parents down one night and said, listen, um, do I have your blessing to do this? And they said, yeah. And so we did. So we did. <laughs> I remember when I wanted to open my bakery, I told my parents, like, I also too, like went to them and I was like, I think I'm going to do this. And they were like, don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, I, don't I, mean, I don't have a brick and mortar like you did, you know? But it honestly, without a brick and mortar comes with its own challenges because it sounds like now, um, would you say you're like super knowledgeable about construction? Has it like or do you kind of like have your team and they just like deal with it for you? I, I like to be involved. Like I like to know what's going on. And I think last year I, my knowledge grew tremendously because it had to grow t- tremendously. Um, I do trust the guys to do the work, but um, you know, I used, I didn't even know what <laughs> trimming out a wall or, you know, trimming out anything was five years ago. And now I'm like, I go into homes and I look at, the work done and you, you know, it's just fun. That's, I think that's so cool. And (laughs) it really speaks to like, so I believe a lot in like the just energetics of being aligned with what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. I so resonate with what you're saying about like being in jobs that just like, you know, like you said, the writing is on the wall and you're like, I'm showing up every day. I'm miserable. I'm not fulfilled in any way, shape or form. And I got into something like when I got into the bakery or even like now what I'm doing, I'm like moving into skincare and making like a non-toxic perfume. I knew absolutely zero Mm -hmm. about it. 
other than like, I liked it Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. And it's like really amazing when you are on like a path that you're supposed to be on, how it just comes to you and it works. Yeah, for sure. Um, And if you're not going to do it, somebody will. And yeah, you know, I have the personality where I will publicly fail and I'm okay with that. You know, like we've messed up stuff and like I've had to pay for things, but the failing is the only way that you can really move forward. And I think there's something to be said too, like for taking responsibility for it. That does not happen anymore. People taking responsibility. No, it's like always a blaming game on Mm -hmm. other people or it's so-and-so's fault. Um, I found out, this is like kind of a tangent, but I found out a few days ago. So I get like wicks for these candles Mm -hmm. in bags that are just labeled. And I get them from like another company. And one of the bags was labeled wrong. So I made a whole ton of candles. If, If you have like the wrong wick size in a candle, it just doesn't burn right. You might not be able to smell it. Like the flames might go out or they might be huge. Like... And I've like had to go back and email and I'm like, there, the chance of people noticing is probably like 1%. Mm-hmm. But I went back and I emailed all these people that placed an order for this specific candle. And I was like, there's a chance your wick is wrong. Like, let me know if it burns wrong so I can send you a new one. And whereas like if they got something and it was messed up, they'd be like, what this company sucks. Yeah. But the minute you're like, I'm sorry, it was my fault. Can I fix it for you? I feel like that probably makes your, because you said your word of mouth, like people probably are so much more willing to refer you. They'll use you again and again because they can trust you. Yeah. And there's just something to be said for that. Yeah. I want to over communicate rather than under communicate. And I want to set expectations immediately. And a lot of work I do is for people that I love very dearly. And so when you mix big mm-hmm. business with family or friends, there's also a really fine line of like, um, you know, taking responsibility and then, but also like not getting walked all over. And like my expectations might not be the same as my, uh, one of my good friends' expectations. Like, so we got to figure out how to meet and how to get it done and how to make everybody happy. Yeah. Our while you're like navigating this, do you see, do you see the business like continuing to evolve or do you think you've kind of like found your space? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm very happy where I am right now. Like I need to work. I have so many things I need to work on. One is being more, um, frugal. (laughs) Um, so I would like to (laughs) really work on the margins and, you know, the gross versus the net and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but I really have found a groove and the guys that work for me are hungry for work. And so that makes it easier too, when they're ready to go, you know, kick down a door and work hard. And, um, so I don't, I mean, I originally thought, you know, when I started it, oh, I'll be able to do this if I ever have children one day. And, Um, I still think that, but also like somebody might want to buy this business one day and that'd be great too. So I think, I think if you're not growing, you're not, I mean, I always want to move forward, you know, I want to evolve, I want to pivot and, um, all the things. So I'll probably, 
The next thing I'll probably do is get my real estate license back because I had it and I let it lapse. Oh, really? Going to get it back. And then probably eventually, hopefully one day, maybe if I can just nail my butt down to the chair, take the GC and get my general contractor's license. Oh my gosh. It's so cool that you started in like such one place and it sounds like, was it maybe like, oh, maybe I can make like a little bit of money and, um, you know, like get groceries for somebody that can't leave the house or if someone's going out of town, walk their dog. And I'd imagine now that the contracts that you're writing for your clients are like a lot more than if you were picking up someone's groceries and stuff. And also what I'm thinking about, like, you're like my guys and like all of this, do you find a challenge? It sounds like they're amazing. So maybe not, but do you find a challenge? Cause you were saying being a woman in this space, being the lead on these projects that you're in charge of like all these men. Um, last year when I was in the commercial world, we would have sub meetings every week (laughs) and there were just some men that would come in there and waste my time. And I would be sitting Uh there like, you know, arms crossed, staring daggers through their head. Like, you know, cause we all want to be heard. And, but they really wanted to be heard and they wanted everyone to know that they knew the most about whatever. And so I kept my mouth shut a lot, but towards the end, it was a huge historical project in Columbia. Like everybody knew about it. Really stressful at the end. Like (laughs) they were knocking holes in my sheetrock and I, I kept being like, and and the construction company didn't want to pay for that. Like that wasn't their fault that the electricians and the plumbers were knocking holes in my sheetrock, but that's going to cost me money to pay the guys to come back and do it. And so I think one one of the last sub meetings, I looked at the electrician. I said, "Quit knocking holes in the sheetrock." And everybody was like, "Okay, we're good. No more holes." <laughs> And it's amazing, like, how fast that just put the end to that. Yeah. And he was like, okay, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, seriously, let's get this done. And so, like, it's not so much your team. It's, like, people from the outside that are, like, kind of treating you. Yeah. I mean, my – Less than. um, have a group that just are amazing. And I say that, and Mm -hmm. I got really mad at one of them today. But for the most part, which we're all human – they show up on time, they do the work, and the work is good. Um, mm-hmm. So they are very appreciative for work. You know, they work very hard and earn every penny. Um, so they, it, it encourages me to hustle more because I see how hard they're hustling. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's like, and it's such um it's such kind of a gift when you have people that work that you know are working directly for you and the work that you're doing is paying them it's a very humbling thing i feel like um like i'll never remember i'll i mean i'll never remember i'll never forget one christmas back when i had the bakery it was like slammed busy 
you know, it's like everybody needs pies and cookies and everything at the week of Christmas. And my dad walked in and he said that he just kind of like stopped and like looked around and was like, holy shit, my daughter is like contributing to the economy. <laughs> and like giving, yeah. you know, like giving people jobs. Yeah. And, and it's like a really humbling thing. And I really look forward to the day that I have like a permanent team right now everyone I use is like contracted in mm-hmm. um because it just feels good mm-hmm. yeah too yeah like they help you and you help them yeah. and there's like this amazing mutual respect for each other yeah yeah for sure and you know like I gotta I gotta be realistic like they're not gonna be um a hundred percent all the time and uh human there is a lot of sometimes a language barrier and Maybe I need to learn mm-hmm. Spanish next, but um, for the most part, excellent communication, expectation set, and if something is wrong, we'll fix it. Yeah. Do you? So it sounds like everything has like gone pretty swimmingly, which I feel like is what a lot of people see. You know, they see like the the tail end yeah. of all the hard work that it's taken to get there, yeah. and realistically, what you're only at you're three years old yeah. only. Yeah. Um, do you still have those moments that you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. Because I feel like I have those like every day. Because <laughs> it sounds like it's going so well, which it is. But like, what are the things that like, do you, are you just like, okay, am I doing the right thing? Like, or are you kind of out of that and not really experiencing that, which would be amazing too. <laughs> um, I'll give two stories. The first story is my first um, experience with like working with contractors and people in the, you know, trade world. They expect to be paid the minute the job is done. And I didn't understand that concept because I had always been, you know, two weeks or whatever. And so I was working with a, a girl actually and I, I realized later, a year and a half later, that it was all empty threats, but she just would continue to threaten me that they were going to walk from the job if they didn't get paid. And it was my responsibility to get all the stuff in on time. And, you know, um, so I've learned to like, obviously under promise over deliver. And, you know, there were, there definitely have been some major hiccups with like having to go face to face and be like, Hey, like I, and, and some of it wasn't my fault, but like the construction company didn't cut the check today. And I, I don't have the cash to pay you because I'm not, I can't front you the money. And, um, so that was, you know, a learning experience for sure. And then, you know, there's always, like I got fired from a dog sitting job because, well, not me personally, but a girl that I had early on was awesome. And <laughs> she wouldn't sleep in the bed with the dogs. And so they got, so she got fired yeah, from the job. So we, and the lady threatened. Oh. <laughs> and they weren't just dogs. They were stray dogs, huge, with <gasps> no teeth. Like what the heck? <laughs> And she had an iguana that we had to feed. And I just tapped out. I said, you go tell everybody that I am the worst dog sitter ever. I do not care. 
I'm just like imagining being in a bed, just like trying not to move, like yeah. dogs with fleas and no teeth. I mean, like I just, that is so bizarre. I went, I just didn't relent on that, but um, you know, and you're like, this is my line. <laughs> um, I I messed up one of my best friends. Uh, uh, we had we did built-ins for her, so we did these beautiful carpentry like shelving and, and drawers and um we messed it up and I, I messed up the paint like we did a, a cement paint on a wood on on wood mm. and so it was really fun I mean that I took like a $500 hit on that which you know in, in hindsight it's like not that bad but um and then the other one this is you're gonna laugh so hard like you can't make this shit up um I was doing, I was painting a friend of mine's house. Um, we go to church together and um, we, I really enjoy, enjoy her. She's amazing. And so we, she bought a house last year, wanted it painted. Great. We're going to come paint. And she has chickens in her backyard. And so, and they were like far back. So they weren't against the house or anything. And um, so she's like, just beware of the chickens. Great. Love chickens. We got the chickens. And so towards the end of the project, I'm sorry. <laughs> Towards the end of the project, I uh, I get a phone call from my <laughs> from Jose, my guy, and he I'm like hello, and he's he is screaming on the top of his lungs, like something about a dog or something, like whatever. Well, what happened was a pit bull got out and got in her backyard and murdered her chickens. <laughs> And my guys were there painting and they were like on the ladders filming because they didn't want, like they wanted to protect themselves. And so, you know, they're in the background going, Oh, you know, I'm delayed. You know, it's like, I, and I mean, the dog murdered all but one chicken and it was a bloodbath. And I had to call this client and she's a teacher and I, it was awful i mean you know chickens are pets oh and she was bawling i was upset you know i called uh uh animal services and no one answered so finally i dialed 911 and i would love to hear the recording <laughs> of that because i said i have called animal services 10 times and nobody's answered and there's chickens that are dead <laughs> Like somebody needs to send help. And so finally the police officer got over there, but that's the most oh recent. God. It was a disaster. I mean, you know, and obviously nobody, no human was hurt, but we love our animals and it was awful. And so, and, but she, you know, she knew oh that it wasn't, God. it wasn't our, my guys' fault. We just happened to witness it, but it was like a yeah. friend of mine. And so I was invested in her life and, they were all country music singer names too, like Reba, Dolly. I mean, it was like stop. Like I can't bloodbath. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, no. and my 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 brother and sister in law have chickens, and at the time I was keeping my niece, and I called my mom. I was like, I can't take her over there. She has chickens. I can't let her see the bloodbath that ensued. And so I mean, it was just awful. It was awful, but. Oh my god. The update is she got more chickens and it's it's good. But yeah, a pit bull got out okay. and demolished the chicken coop. Oh my <laughs> god. I 
I honestly don't even know what I would do. Yeah. I'd probably call 911 too and be like, somebody help me. Yeah. Please. And, you know, most people, like I have found that like they, people just want you to handle it. Like whatever it is, just yeah. handle it. Take the initiative, yeah. initiative and handle the situation. And I can say I do that pretty well. I'm just like, well, we'll fit, you know, I'll, whatever needs to happen, I'll get it done. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. 911 on the street. And sometimes like, yeah. And like, sometimes it's just by default, like you're going to get thrown into something that you were like, this is not in my job description. Yeah. This is above my pay grade. Yeah. But like you, you, you just have to deal with it and like, you just have to do it. Yeah. And like with the oh my stuff, God. you know, like the guy that was subbing me out. So the project manager was also a really good friend. And he sat me down and was like, you know, if it was any other project manager and some of this stuff and some of this stuff happened, like you would be held responsible for it. And so he just kind of walked me through, was kind enough to walk me through like what is expected and um, the, you know, the, not the status quo, but the, you know, just how jobs are done nowadays is like, this is what's going to happen. And if you don't get it done, you're liable. Yeah. So like I learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It is no secret that coffee is my beverage of choice. It is after all the first question that I ask every guest when they get on the show. And As somebody that is a coffee lover, if I can't get a flavored brew, like, you know, like a vanilla brewed coffee, I do love to have flavor in my coffee. I like to change it up. I love it to be ritualistic. I love it to taste good. And I have gone through all the iterations of ways that you can take your coffee. I have taken it black. I have taken it with soy milk. I have taken it with fat-free milk. I went through a heavy cream and half and half only era. And there is just nothing that I have used that I love as much as nut pods. I am absolutely obsessed with nut pods in every sense of the word. Their flavors are amazing. My favorite is toasted marshmallow, and I could drink it straight out of the box. It tastes so good. They have a chocolate. They have cinnamon swirl, hazelnut, and these are plant-based, dairy-free creamers, which is incredible because I feel like I am constantly on the search for a good dairy-free creamer that actually mixes with the coffee and enhances the flavor. And you don't feel like you're missing out on that yummy creaminess that heavy cream and half and half give you. Um, I more often than not try to stay away from dairy And I also don't love to put um, sugar in my coffee. So the nut pods is amazing because they have two varieties. They have an unsweetened and they actually have a sweetened, but it is a zero sugar sweetened flavor, which is incredible. So you can get that sweetness in your morning coffee or your afternoon coffee, whatever you're after, and still not be adding like that extra sugar into your day. I also love to use nut pods in my tea. I have this boba flavored tea. It is so good. And I put a splash of the toasted marshmallow creamer into it. It mixes perfectly and it enhances the flavor. Like 
it's crazy. I I love it. I love it. And I love it. And I'm so excited to share with you that I have a code for you to use to get 15% off nut pods. And sometimes you can find them in the grocery store. Sometimes you can't find every flavor, but they are like never on sale. So I am so stoked to give this to you. The code is Christina Baranowski, my name, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. B-A-R-A-N-O-W-S-K-I. I will put this in the show notes. I will put the link in the show notes and you can mix and match flavors. You can get variety packs and experience the magic that nut pods will bring to your morning ritual. I want you to report back. I want you to tag me in all your coffee photos because it brings me such joy Um, And I hope that you love nut pods as much as I do. I feel like I have constantly looked for a good dairy-free creamer that doesn't get clumpy. All my my dairy-free people, you know what I'm talking about. You'll get like an almond milk creamer or something, and the second you put it in your coffee, it curdles. This does not do that. It is smooth. It is creamy. It is delightful. It's actually Whole30 compliant, which is incredible. It's very clean, which is very important to me. And I mean, you're going to go to bed looking forward to your coffee in the morning. Mark my words. So... Enjoy that code. It is Christina Baranowski. You will get 15% off your entire order. And I hope you're ready to elevate your coffee game. But yeah, it's it's hard because I, (laughs) yeah, I was going to say, I feel like those stories are so like one-offs, but also you, you like learn things you don't even realize that are just super valuable that you can like take with you when you move forward and like hopefully Mm -hmm. not mess up again I mean I don't know how you could avoid another like <laughs> chicken blood chicken bath death. but I'm sure subconsciously <laughs> you've like tucked a lesson away in there <laughs> yeah it, or something. the lesson for that was stay calm when other people are freaking out yeah and try to be the voice of reason and how can I help you what would you need what do you need me to do next how how can I walk like walk this road with you all that kind of stuff And that's, I feel like, too, what probably sets you apart from a ton of people. Like, yeah, you have – it's like this weird mixture where you have a construction company where a lot of people that have dealt with them, it's like in and out of their house. They never talk to them. They don't care. But, like, you're also kind of creating a new dynamic with that and having a a company – and it sounds like you work with a lot of people that you love, but, like, having a company that a lot of people is – to a lot of people is super informal and um, non-transactional and you're bringing like a human aspect to it too, yeah, which is sure. pretty special, honestly. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I, I mean, I think we, again, I'll go back to saying like mo- every human being wants to be heard. And so it's, yeah. you know, even if I never meet the client face to face, I'm texting them. I'm making sure the guys are there on time. I'm saying if um, if, if they're late, I'll tell them they're late, all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, women are, are the ones that, in my experience, women are the ones that are heading up the house projects. And so I do think I um, provide a safe environment for women to come and like deal with mm-hmm. me rather than dealing with, you know, someone where maybe there is a language barrier or, 
a contractor they've never met and like they don't trust and all that kind of stuff. I never even thought about that, but I love that take on it. Like it's so true. Like the woman of the household is so often the one like, how much do I owe you? Or am I getting ripped off? Like you're speaking a language to me. I don't fully understand. Like, and not even like, uh, like, uh, spoken language but even like the language of construction or like you're talking about something with drywalls and I'm like I have no idea what that means (laughs) um and to have somebody that like you said that feels safe yeah that can get the job done probably just is so nice to the client and yeah probably hold you in such like a higher regard than other people that are just kind of like well this is how it is and too bad and you're gonna pay me this and I'm gonna charge you extra and you don't even know it you know yeah and you know we both know what it's like to not feel safe in work environments or to not feel like you bring any value to work environments and so I just you know really want to continue to again over communicate take responsibility where it needs to be took and you know just keep growing and see where it leads me I love that. And you have to be willing to, to just like ride the wave. Yeah. Truly. Sure. Like you did, you rode the wave and it got you to like a really good, it's probably not your end point yet, mm-hmm. but it's gotten you to a really good. And it's because you can't resist like, oh, I have this idea in my head and I have to make it work. Like you have to just let it evolve mm-hmm. organically in a way that is like going to best serve you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know a lot of, construction and stuff like that is super long hours and are you have you been able are you at the point in your business where you're able to say no I'm strictly like Monday through Friday do you have to work weekends do you have like a lot of time for personal life stuff or um, I typically answer anything when it comes to me because um it's the buck stops with me and if I'm not in a place to have a conversation Like I had a guy text me last Saturday night and it was a referral. And I said, he asked me to come look at a house. And I said, I would be happy to, may I please text you Monday morning? And he was like, of course, thank you for the response on Saturday. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you kind of try to keep yourself like working, working Monday through Friday. Yeah. And you know, like I'm uh I'll work weekends like I just someone just asked me to dog sit and I said I don't think I can do it because and I don't dog sit for everybody anymore I just dog sit for my friends and family but um I didn't I didn't I didn't think I was going to be able to get back in time to whatever for whatever reason so I just said I don't think I can do it but let me help you brainstorm ideas of like what you could do Mm -hmm. yeah I think boundaries too are no it's a complete sentence yeah, I have not. I'm I'm still at like, nah. like I haven't gotten all the way to no. <laughs> and it's really hard, especially when it's like potential money for you or like we had said, like letting someone down or anything like that. It is very hard. But the minute you do it, it's like this exhale and you're like, oh, thank God. Like, I'm I'm so glad I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like. 
you say yes to a piece to other mm-hmm. person and you're like reeling, how am I going to do this? How am I going to d- get it done? I have something else I'm committed to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's really important to be able to like set your own parameters. I mean, which it sounds like you're doing boundaries, 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 boundaries. And, um, you know, I grew up with, around a lot of people pleasers. And so, and I'm not a people pleaser. Um, but I should, let me reward that. I don't tend to people please. Obviously we're all in a little bit of people pleasers because we want to be loved and cherished and all that. But, um, so yeah, boundaries are amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have, um, specific boundaries that you've set for yourself? Like, um, types of jobs, like you said, you're not dog sitting anymore or, um, any any type of boundary, personal boundary, work boundary, like where do you draw your boundaries? Oh man, you know, with work, it's like if it's, I need a life lesson <laughs> in this. If it's not gonna, if it's not, if my time is not gonna be compensated, then it's gonna be a no for me. And yeah. whereas earlier on, I would have taken the job just to take the job, and that, yeah. and then I would have been stressed, you know. Um, but. I mean, personally, oh my gosh, <laughs> I, um, we yeah. could change gears and go personal. Let's go personal. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go personal. Um, cause I know we both have a lot to say there too. Yeah. I, um, I don't really even know that's such a broad question. I'm trying to think of, of an example I can give you of setting a boundary. Um, oh, I got one. So my mom, so I'm an aunt and I'm very proud I'm an aunt and I love those children more than life itself. Has have you had anybody cry on your podcast yet? Yeah. Okay, good. And I it might have been me. Okay, so I probably I'll I'll be the second. <laughs> um, cuz I'm a weeper. <laughs> I love tears. <laughs> um, yeah. they have been the biggest blessing, you know. Here I go starting to cry, but anyway, so we all live very, very close to each other. And my mom tends to overextend herself sometimes. And, you know, she won't say no um, because she wants to be with the grandchildren. And, you know, I've learned that, like, she can say yes to something that I'm probably not going to say yes to. And I will say yes if it's, um, you know, if they're like, hey, can we spend the night? And I'm like, I'm like, I have nothing going on. Yeah, of course. Y'all can spend the night. But um, mom, I've learned, I've watched my mom and she's gotten so much better at this of not, and not just with, with the family, like with anything, you know, um, she's not, she's really working on not overextending herself. Yeah. And sometimes setting a boundary is as simple as like you get an invite to something and you really in your gut just do not want to go. Oh. And it's like, like I'm the said, queen of okay. Irish goodbyes. And- yeah. Like <laughs> if I don't want to go, I'm not going. But if I'm made to go, I'm out in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where'd she go? And you're just like cars pulling down the road. Like she's out. <laughs> yeah. I you uh, have to. You have to. We talked a little bit about it before we like got online, but it's like there's really something powerful about protecting your own inner peace, like outside of work, right? Like there's because it all bleeds into each other. Like if you're stressed out in your personal life, it's going to bleed into your work life and vice versa. And yeah, um, it's really hard to 
draw a boundary when when you feel like people want stuff from you. Yeah. And I don't have any really good advice on how to do it. I'm still at the point where I'm kind of like making lies up. I'm like, oh, I can't because of, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, And I I really have to be better about learning to say no. Yeah. Just period. Period. No period. You need to complete sentence. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a good thing to learn. Um, One of the biggest lessons that I've learned in life and through many, many, many years of counseling um, is uh, the way people treat you is a reflection of how they feel about themselves. Mm, mm -hmm. And it's not about me. And I can go back and look at situations in my life, friendships in my life, all the things where I was just treated so terribly. And I look back and I'm like, it wasn't about me. They did not. It never. Yeah. I mean. It was never about you. Right. And I just, I, if I could put, if I could just tell people that and they understand it immediately, that would be probably the biggest thing that I would tell people to try and just let saturate over yourself is you know, when, when someone snaps at you or when someone um, treats you with utter disrespect, it's not about you. No. And I feel like it's a very hard, like, I feel like in the back of my head, I know this all the time. Right. Right. And, and now that I'm older, like, and I'm confident enough in myself as a person, it doesn't bother me as much as it used to. And I do look back and I'm like, oh my God, little 23-year-old Christina felt so bad about herself because, you know, like a a guy was, you know, cheating on me and then coming back and cheating on me and coming back. And, and in my head, I'm like, well, obviously I'm not good enough or like whatever. Yeah. And, um, in my older years, same thing through a lot of like work and inner work and shadow work and things that I'm insecure about in my own life. It's like, oh my God, like I wish I could tell that girl it's not you. I mean, was I perfect? No, who's who is? But like people, you don't ever deserve to be treated terribly because you're like a bad person or whatever. Like, like you said, it's a direct reflection of their own inner conflicts, what's going on in their life. And they, a lot of times people, they're not bad, but they also don't know how to place and treat people that are good in their life. So like, what's, what's the default push them away. And what's the easy way to do that? Be mean. Yeah. And let's flip that on its back and, you know, think about times in our lives where, um, you just, or I just waylaid somebody close to me because I was going through something internally that I couldn't mm-hmm. work out, you know? Um, yeah. and so that puts a little perspective on it. And, um, another thing I love to tell myself all the time is people don't think about Sarah Parker as much as Sarah Parker thinks about Sarah Parker. You know, mm. people don't think about you as yeah. much as you think about you. And yeah. Or as much as you think, like you're, you know, ruminating over something. Right. And, um, you know, another good one is humility isn't thinking less about yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. So, mm. you know, 
I'm I'm really big on labeling things and and calling things by what they are. And and in our narcissistic society, you know, we are just bombarded with lies. And and you people, I mean, I asked my mom the other day. I said, "Mom, did you even know? Like, when did the term narcissist come into?" existence because you know I think about my mom labeling things that she probably I mean I know she knew some because they've been around for eternity but they didn't have the label for it and so um she's like I didn't you know I didn't know like I know knowledge is power let's let's label some of these things I'm not and I'm not obviously not a psychiatrist psychologist or counselor but through the work I've done I'm able to see traits that you know, could potentially be problem areas. Yeah. I have dealt with a few narcissists in my life. I've dated one. I've worked for one. Um, And they have this really crazy way of making you feel like you're the problem. Oh, it's called gaslighting. Um, Gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Gaslighting. Yeah. And, um, I will say being able to recognize and I, cause like, yeah. And label that, you know, not everything in life needs a label. You know, what do people say? Like situationships and stuff like that. Like not everything needs a label, but being able to categorize that person as that it's like, Oh my God, it's not me. Like you are projecting whatever it is you're projecting all over me. And having that label allowed me to stay at peace Yep, because it's like, you just got to let them do whatever they're going to do and and like try to put an armor around yourself. Yeah. We are not responsible for other people's emotions. No. And not at all. I wish I could. (laughs) My mom is like probably the one who has suffered the most alongside me in my journey and I have seen her come so far because, like, she, you know, the saying, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. And so, yeah. like, she's really learning that what Sarah Parker does is is not a direct reflection of who Elizabeth Mounts is. And, Interesting. you know, like, that's the definition of codependency, of... I'm going to yeah, be happy yeah. because, or I'm going to be sad because my She's daughter's happy. sad, you know, like any emotion. Yeah. So really working through codependent and, you know, because I'm single, my parents are very involved in my life and they are amazing and, you know, no family's perfect. And we've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of work to see that, to work through some of the issues that I've had with, with family, but coming you know, out on the other side, it's like, it's amazing when you actually can see like 10 years ago, my mom would do one thing and now she doesn't do it anymore. It's really encouraging. Mm. Yeah. Um, Do you think that, because I've experienced this in my own life, like when I was dating and like wanted to find somebody and I, you know, it's like, oh, you get a glimmer of like this person that seems so great and then they're gone, poof, gone. And then there's like a long period of no people. And so same thing, like I'm very close with my parents. I'd be with them all the time. And I do, I felt like for some reason it made my mom kind of sad. 
Um, and, and it's from a place of love, right? Like, of course they want to see us happy. Um, do you think that's like what your mom is experiencing? Are you so switching gears a little bit? And we've talked about this, um, pretty openly and you're very open about it. You had like a podcast about it and everything. So you are 35, 36, 35, same C's, five, five. We are not 36. (laughs) 35. And so you're single, not dating, not married, not have been married. Is like what has navigating that been like for you? Because I know you're you're open about it and you are vulnerable about it. And yeah. Um it has been really hard because I'm in the South and, you know, I think in the South more than any other place, a woman's value comes if she has a husband and a child. And I hate that, I'm honestly. So uh, I advocate so hard for celebrating um, things that, you know, wouldn't necessarily be celebrated, especially for women, like, Let's celebrate a business or let's celebrate, you know, a milestone in your life that doesn't have to do with, ex, you know, external things or an, another person, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I was in counseling on Monday and um, Heck yes. he was like, then this is so good. This validated me so much. Like I'm really big on validating people and, and feeling validated because I haven't so much in my life. But he was like, um, clinically speaking, there are two issues in life that do no good talking about. And that's singleness and infertility. Interesting. And because there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. You know, like I'm not saying you can't get on a dating app or be proactive in working on yourself, that kind of stuff. I can't make somebody marry me. Yeah. Like it just is. Correct. Like it just, it just is, is what it is. Yes. And, you know, I think that's, and for the most part in my circles, people don't come up to me and ask me, you know, am I dating or what's going on? I, I have set a very strong boundary that if there is information, I will let you know. But yeah, like you know, we all share. You, right. When you step out of your sweet little bubble and protective covering and go and deal with people who aren't emotionally intelligent and have no, you know, <laughs> idea, they just the things that are said are so hard. And that <clears throat> I've had two instances recently that <clears throat> really sent me into a spiral of like <clears throat> fighting that my worth is not in a man. Mm -mm. And I look at everything in my life through the lens of the gospel. And like, I love Jesus and I've lived my life loving Jesus. And like, I am fulfilled because he died on the cross for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to be this or do this to be worthy. I obviously 100% agree with that and I know like it's so interesting talking to you about this because I feel like I relate so deeply and here I am like 
married, which is weird for me. Right. Like it still feels weird for me. Like I, I don't see myself as like a married girl. I just don't. Like I've always been the girl that like has had her heart broken and stomped on and lived by herself with her dogs and collected animals. And like, you know, like I, I, a huge part of me still identifies with that person. Um, And it's really easy to say like in hindsight, this time for you is like some of the best that you could ever be gifted because you're probably like, shut the fuck up like you know what I mean like yeah. <laughs> because you're it's it's been a long time like yes. you're like you said you're 35 people around you are married people like I'm watching people on kid like number three and I'm like I don't even know if I can have one I'm watching people you know? get divorced and, and on their second and third husbands right and and I look back on the time where I thought I was my most sad mm. Like, I mean, like there were nights, I'm not even kidding you. And I don't think it's because I tethered it to my worth. It's just, you. it gets lonely, mm-hmm. you know? And I'd be like in bed in this like apartment by myself, heaving, yes. sobbing. Uh, yes, I hear you. Like heaving. Yes. And not even because, oh, I don't have somebody, but it goes back to like, is it me? Is it like why? And- um, it's so funny because now I look back and that's probably like when I was 30 ish, um, where a lot of people are married already, like popping out kids and like all that stuff. And you're surrounded by it from what, like 25, it's hard to be around. And then it's hard to like be happy for everybody else mm-hmm. while, cause like you don't want to not be happy they're getting married, but you're like, God, like why not me? Um, but I like look back on that time and I don't know if you can relate to this or if you're in it right now and not so far removed from it, but I wouldn't take back that time that I was so sad about it for anything because you had said earlier, like you're so comfortable with who you are and you know who you are. I didn't like in high school, I was like a party girl. I drank, I like dated stupid people. (laughs) And I did that for a long time. And it like, you know, looking back, it's like I masked, I didn't know who I was. Um, and having that time, there was like a time that I actively was like, I am not going to get on a dating app. I'm not going to go on a date. I'm not going to like anything with anyone. And it was so lonely, but damn, if I didn't find out who I was. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's, really really like if you said that to me in the moment I would have punched you in the Mm -hmm. face Mm -hmm. because I'd be like I'm like eating on my couch by myself every night watching Netflix Mm -hmm. like cuddling my dogs Mm -hmm. and it's really really hard to see past but so much is like getting cultivated in that period Mm -hmm. personally yeah um do you feel like you're at the point where it's more of like a journey and personal work or do you, I know you have struggled with it. Do you still struggle with it or? Yeah, I think um, there's definitely waves of, you know, some, the busier I am, it's not as hard, but you know, when you're sitting alone and the slow, Mm -hmm. the slow times are, you're just more aware, but um, I, you know, you were talking about, 
being alone. And um, another thing my counselor told me on Monday was being alone and being lonely is one of the closest feelings we could ever get to hell because we weren't made to be alone. Yeah. And that just, I was like, dang, that's really good. I mean, it, it is hellish to not have someone because what do all humans want to be known and loved and heard and cherished? It's really hard at the end of the day to not have that. And like, I, I don't want to um, negate the amazing people and the family that I have around me that love me very well. Here I go starting to cry, but that's okay. Let it out. I'm not in a place right now where like, it still really hurts Mm -hmm. to not be chosen. But then I just take my, you know, I take it right back to the, to the gospel and I am chosen. So I'm not like licensed or anything to, to even give my opinion, but I feel like using that language, like I'm not chosen, isn't the best like serving. Right. It's you not, know, it's I like, mean, it's, it's a lie from the pit of hell. Like it is an absolute yeah. lie because I am. So it's like, yeah, and yeah, taking those tender moments of my life where, or, or the hurt or whatever, and <clears throat> surveying it and realizing that this is not true. This is not the truth that you claim to live in. How do we take this, dump it, and move on? And that's what I was going to ask. So, like, it's a it's a really really hard thing to navigate, um, especially like you now have your own business, which is thriving. You own a house. (laughs) Like you have done like all the things that people a lot of times can't do until they are married Mm -hmm. or like with someone else. And you're like creating your own path, being successful at it. And how do you cope day to day or um, I don't even like to use the word cope because I know it really hurts. Yeah. But I feel like you're not you're not in a bad place. It's not bad. Right. Right. It's just right. not necessarily what what you want. Right. And you right this minute. Uh, so how do you- that's a great question. Um, contentment is a really slow process, and mm-hmm. I don't ever think that any of us will ever be content until. <clears throat> we meet Jesus, but, and it, and it, you know, there's been times in my life where I've had some really high highs. Like this is, this is so superficial, but this is a great example. I love Clemson. I love Clemson football. I live Clemson football. You know, if you've seen Ted Lasso, they're like Richmond till we die, Clemson till I die. Like I love. Yeah. <laughs> and when we won the national championship, it was like all my dreams came true. And, you know. I'm like, I have made it. Yeah. And then here we go. You know, they, I mean, we did have a nice run. It was nice to be on top. But we ain't on top anymore. And that whole yeah. thing didn't satisfy my soul. Yeah. And that's just a superficial thing I can think of that, like, you know, 
uh, status or tangible things um, won't bring contentment on this side of eternity. Yeah. And feelings and all of that are fleeting. Yes. Right? Like like you said, you can get on that high high. And and I think back to like the person I thought I wanted to marry. Like, let's take it way back. And I'm like, oh my God. If I married them, I would either be like divorced, which is like nothing wrong with like, you know, if you're not happy, you shouldn't be with somebody. But I'd be like divorced starting over. Or I'd be in the unhappiest relationship of my life, like constantly navigating through the torture that was the relationship I was with him. But it's like I was grasping on to like this idea of what I should be. Yeah. And I think that's even Mm -hmm. more detrimental than like standing in the pain of thinking you don't have what you don't want. And it's so hard to see like how much you do have. Right. And, right. You know, the Lord has been really kind to me and I have unfortunately have two women in my life that their situation right now is about as bleak as it can get, you know, and it's and I don't think I'm I would hurt I'm not going to name them, but they're very aware that, you know, they're divorced and one of them was married for 10 years to a narcissist and has five children and it just is the ugliest thing I have ever witnessed. And then the other one was married for six months and he just said, I don't love you anymore. And so, you know, unfortunately for them and their life experience, the suffering is tremendous, but what, what do we look for in other people? I look for, you know, humility. And if you've suffered and you've been hurt, I'm, I can relate to that. So we share in the sufferings of other people. So while my situation might not be exactly like theirs, we have open communication. We're there for each other, you know, um, praying, you know, that we'll all get through it on the other side. But I want to know that you have really, um, for these women, like they they just work really hard to, to get through it too. And mm-hmm. so when you're putting in the work, I, I really respect that. Yeah. And what, like the stories that you just shared also show that like just getting the thing we want doesn't make us happy either. Right. Like exactly. there's pain and heartbreak potentially in anything. Yeah. Um, and even like, I spent so much like time and energy when I, when it was just me being like, Oh, if I just had somebody, if I just had somebody and I know you've been open about this too, I've been open about it. But, um, so we just got married literally last month, but last year I found out at 34 or 33, I'm already considered like diminished ovarian reserve. Mm -hmm. Like I went through IVF, went through four, they made my cycle longer went through like 14 days of medication and I got two eggs out Mm. too. And so it's like, okay, I have all the things I wanted. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like, but then it's like, okay, what is going to get presented to me next? um, That's so good. That's really, really vulnerable and good. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to like see the good in 
the crap the situation <laughs> even if you're yeah like even when you're not where you like thought you would be and and just because you get what you wanted doesn't mean that it's like you know butterflies and rainbows and the perfect white picket fence like someone could light your house on fire you know yeah yeah and there's always something yeah, I mean and it's yeah <laughs> you're exactly right there is always something yeah and I feel it's so important of like how do you respond to it too um and I like I feel like I haven't talked to you in so long but I'm like so proud that you of you that you sit with the pain but still like you haven't stopped your life for it Mm -hmm. and I think that's like so important for anybody that's like going through anything that isn't exactly how they pictured it like you have to keep doing the things that are serving you right even if it's not right the perfect painted picture yeah and I don't know what your experience was like freezing your eggs but um back in October last year so 34 like I'm not dating and it's not because I don't want to date it's just because I I don't I don't feel safe on apps like and not in the sense of like I can handle myself. If someone comes at me, they're going to bullet in their head. But <laughs> yeah, in the sense of like, we're fine. Yeah. Like my emotions aren't safe. And yeah. the way I'm, the way women are being treated and, and you know, we're not, we're not always the victim. There's some, there's some bad women, but yeah. Um, I just, so at, at 34, I decided, okay, I'm, I, I was happened to be, at the Bradshaw's house um, at a Clemson game and the, uh, a very local great OBGYN was there. And I said, can I, can I ask you a couple questions? And one thing led to another and I got a referral. And so I sat my parents down again, <laughs> cause they're, they're my people. And yeah, I've the same though. <laughs> uh, what do y'all think about this? I would like to at least do an initial consult both on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. And, um, so the initial consult got all the paperwork and this is going to make me cry again. Um, okay. It's like $8,000. Safe space. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's really, oh, yeah. like, and that's not, that, that's like the minimum, you know, it was actually more than that, but um, yep. I was like, okay, what am I going to do? You know, I, and my mom was like, um, we'll help you some, you know, like, but let's just talk about it. And this gets me every time. The next day I got an email from my dad and he was like, I'll pay for the whole thing. And it was mm. so sweet of like, he might not always tell me he loves me, but he shows me he loves me. Yeah. And so that like makes me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Um, so, you know, that's a lot of money to just give to someone that, the end product might not ever be used. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the generosity was astronomical. Uh, the process was not so much astronomical. I mean, it was really tough doing it alone. And luckily I had a lot of women that I knew that I could talk to about it. But, um, so essentially freezing your eggs is the first half of IVF, which, you know, and, um, you're just pumped through of hormones and it's just something else. And, you know, by the end of it, I was just, uh, it was just a time to be alive, but really and truly afterwards, surgery went great. Went great. I got, I was lucky enough to have, um, 
23 eggs retrieved. So, oh my yeah, God. Really? Yay, Ari. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Something See, did. look at them. They're like, we got yeah. it. We got it, mom. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the uh, the come down, <laughs> I hate to use that word, but really, truly, they're, they're pumping so much of, of hormones. You know, normal women, the estrogen levels are around like, I don't know, like 300 ish, I think is normal. Mine, mine was at a 5,000. Mm, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like essentially experiencing what is almost like postpartum depression. And yeah, that really was really hard. That was hard. I gained a ton of weight. Um, and yeah, coming out of that and like, you know, I'm what I got it done in February, March, April, May, June, you know, four months removed. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm like starting to feel good. You know, I'm working out, I'm in a flow. I'm like, I've got my schedule and I, you know, do all the things. And, you know, when football season comes around, I know that's terrible that I, you know, do my life around football season, but you know, I'll be busier and traveling and doing all the things, but, um, that was a, it's not for the, for the week of heart doing that. No, but, but like back to, you did something that you knew was good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And because, um, and I think it's really like not to get sappy, but it's also really beautiful that you did it because it's you like believing enough in what you know you do want in this life that you're like, I'm going to do this really hard thing because I'm like trusting it's going to materialize. Yeah. But you know, even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't, Christina, like again, going back to one of the first things we talked about, like my life is not worthy because I have children. I, yes, I actually wrote in my vows. So Jordan has been, of course, like not to be TMI, but everything is working swimmingly with him. And uh, it's me, it's me. And, um, of that whole process, we, we were lucky enough. I mean, for anybody not familiar with it, you can get 23 eggs and only end up with two embryos mm-hmm. if you're going like the embryo route. Mm-hmm. And that's just like the um, like the fraction, like this many are mature yep. and then this many fertilize. And that, so when they got two, I had two mature eggs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, we're probably not going to get anything. But the doctor was like, we'll try. And so we ended up getting like you said in insane pricing like yeah. they totally that's a whole nother conversation yeah. that that bothers me about that but from those two eggs we got one embryo that tested normal which is crazy that is and yeah so I have like a little bit of pressure on myself you know that's like oh well if it doesn't stick you know we're, we're really good chance we might not have kids mm-hmm. and I have to remind myself because I I've gone through wanting kids, not wanting kids, wanting kids, not wanting kids. And when I say stuff like that, he's the one that he's like, okay, we don't have kids. He's like, do you know like how beautiful life will be without kids? Yeah. You know, all things considered. Mm -hmm. And, and there is the chance for things to be just as equally beautiful on either side of the spectrum. That's right. 
And it's really somebody even said something about kids to us at our wedding, and that like sent me. Oh, um, but it's like it's not. <laughs> it is not the freaking end all be all. And like, if I'm not a mom, like I will find fulfillment in so many other things. You know, and, and like you said, it has nothing to do with like if you're worthy or um, it doesn't define you. Yeah. Like you can exist as a human being without being tethered to a bunch of other little human beings. That's right. And, and if you are, that's beautiful. Yes. And if you're not, that's literally equally as beautiful. Yes. Yes. I, I, um, that's, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that about your situation, Christina. And it's just, um, it's really beautiful, like your mindset and all of this of like, and, and it is a process, you know, we're not just going to wake up one day and everything's going to be, you know, sunshine and roses and all that. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, my, my biggest desire for my life is for people, <laughs> I, my counselor was like telling me, you know, when you're down in the dumps, you just need to hear some nice things about yourself. And he was like, you're self-aware, you're funny, um, you're beautiful, you have, you know, all these things. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, that's so nice. Yeah, but at the end of, at the end of um, my life, whenever that may be, I just want to be known as someone who, while in the suffering, there was contentment and joy mm -hmm. and external circumstances don't um, determine my happiness or my worth. They don't. And, and it's unfortunate that like you said before, that society has put all these things on certain event life events as like what matters yep. and I'm like I have done like am I happy I married Jordan yes but like I've done way cooler shit than marry a guy <laughs> like, yeah like I hate there's not a lot of like people. that but yeah there's not a lot of people that could start a business let alone two let alone like I mean it's it's not there's not a lot of people that could do that no and like, yes, was it a happy day? Of course. But, like, it's not like, oh, like, oh, now I'm in a different category. Like, she's married now yeah. or whatever. Like, I'm still, like, grinding away in, you know, my little studio trying to make things work. Mm -hmm. And yeah. whether I'm married or not doesn't change that in any capacity. Right. Um, yeah. And, like, when I didn't have a bridal shower, I didn't do, like, a bachelorette party because I just – it's. I, I don't care like me that. neither it doesn't I think if it ever happens um, for me it'll be a very like this is so funny <laughs> uh a very intimate uh like ceremony and I'm just gonna have like dinner like I don't really need the whole I've been to 18 million weddings and I don't I've been a man yeah. honor three times like and I was telling a, a, I have a huge family on my mother's side and I was telling my cousin, one of my girl cousins, I said, listen, your family ain't going to make the cut. <laughs> I said, you will. 
But you got some siblings that aren't going to make the cut because I'm just. Like, and that's on boundaries. Yes. And I'm just, I, I looked at my mother um, and I, I was dating a guy last year and, you know, I tend to jump ahead of things and put the car before the horse. But I told her, I said, um, I'm not having anybody at my wedding that didn't have a personal impact on my life. <laughs> she was like, okay. I'm like, I'm being serious. <laughs> like, I mean it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just not, like, I have waited this long and will have waited yeah. till whatever, if it ever happens, I am not having anybody there that hasn't, like, done life with me. Well, and it's about you. Yeah. Right? Like, it's a it's a day and a moment and whatever for you. Um, you don't owe anybody else anything. And just like everything else you've been able to do up until this point, it's your prerogative to literally be like, I want to celebrate this with the person that I might marry or that I am going to marry or whatever. And you get to choose the energy that is there with you on that day. Mm -hmm. And you don't owe anything to anybody else. And also, I just need to go back one second and say that it says a lot about you that you've been a maid of honor three times. Oh, thank you. Honestly, like, and, 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 and the fact that you're able to show up to those 18 million weddings and, you know, still be like that. But it says a lot about you that, you know, three different people you talk about having like a personal impact on people, like three people wanted you to be like that person, you know, and, and those are the things that I feel like sometimes get lost in the noise mm -hmm. of the marriages and the babies and the houses and the this and the that. And it's like, what are you when all of that gets stripped away? Right. Then what? Exactly. Exactly. And I, yeah, I mean, you're obviously, well, I was just going to say that, you know, what are some, I, I do, I am very loyal and I am very, um, I mean, I will, as one of my friends says, she'll get down in the ditch with you and fight till the death. Like I just have that in my being and I'm a defender of defenseless people. And I, I seek justice in a lot of things that I do. And when I see an injustice, it's like my whole world comes caving in and mm -hmm. I've got to realize that, you know, not everybody's like me and that's okay. But like, the loyalty part of my life, I, I am very proud of that. And I have been a good friend. And like, I don't know, I just think that's in, invaluable, you know, it, it really is. And you are like one of those personalities from the, the interactions that we have had that it's like a, a magnet, you know, like a light and a magnet that's like, oh, being around her is just so fun you know and I know that we met through my brother and and the sentiments are there with him too and that's that's a gift and um I'm glad that you haven't dimmed that part of you yeah. because you feel like you're not worthy or you haven't gotten where you're go supposed to be going or whatever and instead like keep igniting it right yeah and I, I heard something the other day that I thought was so profound about like you know who you choose to be around like you can like a person can be the most fun the most outgoing the most energetic you know you know the greatest person in the room 
But if you feel less than being around that person, you have no, no room to be in there. You know, you need to make that decision. And it's not how they make you feel because they don't have any say on your emotions. It's how you feel. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've really had to cut out some people that, and you know, they don't even know. They don't even know that I feel so insignificant and so um, judged and misunderstood. That's that's the work I need to do if I ever want to be yeah. around that person again, you know? But yeah, to remove yourself. Yeah. And 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 you don't need even like permission to do it. No. Like grant yourself. And they permission. don't need to know and that that you're doing it, you know? And, and like you, yeah, like you said before, like they're probably not even going to know. Like they won't realize it. You're thinking about it more than they're thinking about you. And yeah. at the end of the day, like you're protecting your peace. Yeah. And that that spills over into all your relationships in such a like huge and profound way. Um, so I I completely agree with that. Just like see yourself out. Yeah, and I wish I didn't. Um, I wish I had learned that earlier, especially in college and in my twenties of like respecting yourself and respecting, you know, the value on your life and your, and your morals and like, don't compromise. And, um, I've struggled a lot with like all that. And so I being on the other side of, and I still fail daily of like, you know, just, you just, I just fall flat on my face and, 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 you know, you pick yourself up and you, you just keep on keeping on. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's part of the human experience yeah. too. And and something that I try to remind myself, I struggle like not all the time, but I get big bursts of like anxiety mm-hmm. and um, like my brain won't calm down. And it's I'm fortunate that it's only like a, literally like a few days a year, but those few days are maybe a week or two rough. Yeah. And I have to try to remind myself like we are down here in this like flesh and that's part of the human experience mm-hmm. too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we're here to feel mm-hmm. and like those feelings that are hard to sit with make the feelings that feel good even sweeter, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, it's and it's all really hard stuff to practice, mm-hmm. like in the moment, yeah. Because you just want to punch a wall, yeah, and I mean, punch through that sheetrock, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just like for I just want to be heard very clearly on this. Like I'm not where I want to be, um, but I'm not where I was, and yeah, I um, where works in progress, and um, it's just it's a, you know, it's, it's life is short and, you know, we're here for a glimpse of time. And I just want to be, um, I want to steward that well. Yeah. So before we wrap this all up, I end all my episodes by asking what is right now your biggest boldest dream for yourself and I have no parameters on this it could be like something very simple it could be something very huge um but I believe there's a power in saying things out loud that we want to 
bring into fruition? And what would you say yours is? I am not a dreamer. I'm a getter dunner. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like, in the moment, yeah. it's happening. Um, but I'm, I've recently surrounded myself with some visionaries and some dreamers, and it's really inspiring. Um, I would love to see Covenant Services um, just really thrive. And I would like to see myself um, show more self-control in some areas of like financial stuff. But overall, I would love, I mean, it would be amazing one day if someone was like, I want to buy your business from you, you know, and, and that, that, that would be validation for me. But, um, also my, another biggest, boldest dream is, is again, like what I've said this whole time is that, you know, even if like things don't go the way I want them to go, like, people will see the joy that I have. Mm. I, yes, I love that. And I think that is like even just big and bold to say. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a thing, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like this beautiful intangible. Yeah. Um, and that's really powerful in itself. Thank you so much. Well, I can feel your joy. <laughs> For what it's worth. I, it's so, um, it's, it's so flattering that you would have, uh, Southern old me on this podcast. And I just, I want to brag on you. Like, I love watching your life and, and your three businesses that you've had and just the way you've chosen to keep on, you know, steamrolling through things and not in no, like not letting no be the final answer for you. And, um, I love your family. I love Dave. And I just thank you so much. Oh, I love you. You're so sweet. Thank you. It's um I try to show up with the hard stuff sometimes too, but it's been a really not easy 10 years, mm -hmm. you know, with the with the um and I think there's power in sharing that yeah. it's not always easy. So And you're not alone. Um thank you so much. Yes. We're here. We're in this together. Yes, we are. Thank you. Um yeah, thank you so much. And where can people find you if they're local? I don't know if you do just local stuff, but let people know where they can find you, reach out to you. Yeah, I have a website and I'm pretty active on Instagram. Most of the time it's my nephews and niece or my German Shepherd or um, memes because I love memes. But um, it's at SP Mounts and I can send you all that um, information. But okay, yeah, if you're in the South Carolina area. <laughs> look me up <laughs> yeah no and what's your website uh covenantserve.com okay so i will put all of that in the show notes and if anybody needs their dream house <laughs> made and um constructed or their you know she probably won't walk your dog anymore mm. but <laughs> boundaries or deal with chicken thank you <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. We're done with the chickens. <laughs> Literally. Don't even ask. Um, this was so great. And thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye.